yourself become Welcome to the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Trent, and with me is my co-pilot, Jareth. Hey guys, so today we've got our last episode in our Firefly series. Uh, today we'll be going over the movie, and uh, just to give you a little bit of a pre-warning, there will be spoilers in this one, so spoiler warning. People will die. Don't, don't make me cry at the start of this whole thing. We've gotten to near the end of the movie before the bit I cry is coming. Okay, I won't take the sky from you. Okay, so just in case you've forgotten what the movie's all about, here's just a one-sentence sort of reminder. The crew of the ship Serenity try to evade an assassin sent to recapture one of their members who is telepathic. Now, if this sounds familiar to the plot of one of the last episodes we covered, it kind of is. It's, um... Yeah, we mentioned last episode when we did cover objects in space that there were... Kind of some similarities to the movie, but uh, you know, here we can actually talk about those because we didn't have anything to compare it to last time. Yeah, because we didn't want to spoil next week's spoiler warning kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, especially in the, the main uh, protagonist in these, I found a, a massive similarity between the two. Well, that's because the protagonists don't change. Antagonists. <laughs> I yeah. am definitely qualified to be doing a podcast about this stuff. Yeah, For what it's worth, I do actually agree there are similarities yeah. beyond just the colour of their skin. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about this before and I'm like, well, there are similarities, but the first thing you would say is that both played by African-American actors. Yeah, and very clean cut. They've gone and got the same kind of haircut as well. Yeah. Um, and also an intelligence factor on both of them. They both really seem to have a, quite a, an extensive knowledge of the inner workings yeah. of, of how everything's... Kind of I mean, the difference, I guess, is Jubal Early is kind of very poetic and you know, he's more, more philosophical. Yeah. Wherein we didn't, we don't get a name of he's the just antagonist. The operative. He's just yeah, the operative. Yeah. Um, which is he's an operative of the alliance, mm. uh, and so as we said, we've got River who's psychic and he's chasing. chasing yeah, to to me, he's kind of he'd be a specter in the Mass Effect universe for those yeah. of you who are as nerdy as us and play Mass Effect and watch Firefly. Yeah, he he, uh, he speaks about you know, trying to make the world a better place and get rid of you know all, all these evils and and he even says that there isn't a place in that new world for him so he yeah. kind of understands that what he's doing is wrong he's an assassin he's killing people uh, and I really like that aspect of his character actually because he's fully aware that he is the bad guy like it's almost he's self-aware and the fact that he's a bad guy in a movie almost in that kind of context there's just kind of like the world that we're trying to build is a perfect one someone like me can't live in that but I'm doing it because it's for the greater good kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, another similarity we had was their demeanour. They're both very calm mm. uh, and, and in control. Um, and I mean, at different points uh, through, you know, I mean, in objects in space, we do get to see early get a little bit flustered. And we get that a little bit in this. Yeah. Uh, but for the ma- most part, both of these characters are very calm and collected throughout their mm. episode. Yeah, and they're both specifically after River. They're both highly trained when it comes to combat and martial arts. They both pretty much beat up Mao, something shocking. So, it, yeah, there are similarities there. Um, I, who do you prefer, actually? Jabal or the operative? Jabal. Yeah? As strange as it may say. I mean, I know that he got a smaller role, but I just enjoyed his... 
his randomness, to be yeah. honest. The fact that he just comes out, has you ever been shot? Um, and that at no point does he make me chill like Early does with his scene with Kaylee. Mm. Um, in this one, the operative is he's dangerous and he's scary, but yeah, he, he just doesn't give me that creepy factor like Jabal's did. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough for yeah. sure. What about you? Uh, I, I like them both for different reasons. Like I do like Early's sort of existentialism. I, it does get a little over the top at times, I guess, yeah. over the span of 40 minutes, whereas I think the operative is, is a bit more reasonable. Like You can understand his character a bit more, which is probably intentional especially when you're dealing with a major motion picture versus just a television series yeah. episode yeah like um, you said there with the 40 minute thing it just made me think i don't know if jabal would have been better in the movie though i think i prefer him in that context yeah. i think if you swap them over i probably would have actually preferred the operative in the yeah. shorter version because um, yeah it would have got very old and very annoying uh, it's kind of nice also seeing the operative he's played by chitwell i'm not going to try and pronounce the surname because i do know it but i can't think of it how you pronounce it off the top of my head but I mean, he's in. He's been in quite a few things. Like, was he's in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie? Um, he was in Twelve Years a Slave, The Martian, Children of Men, and a movie which I don't think has got as much recognition, but I actually quite like it. Uh, Zed for Zachariah. Um, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, it's one of those. It's a, it's an interesting movie. It's got Margot Robbie as well. Yeah. Um, which that alone is probably a good reason for you to be watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie. It's kind of got that post-apocalyptic feel. Um, yeah, definitely worth a watch. It's sort of came out of nowhere for me I only I watched it on the plane yeah right yeah it was good oh that's great yeah um, but uh, yeah before we get into this one we probably need to get into how the movie came about yeah we've just gone five minutes completely off the topic well not off the topic but off the road that we had planned for this so yeah. um, let's we do get, that yeah yeah but let's get back on that road so obviously Serenity is the movie follow up of Firefly uh, the show only lasted a season and really I mean for a show that got cancelled after a season and really didn't get a chance to shine didn't do massive numbers you wouldn't have thought this would have been possible like it was just meant to be dead and buried and sort of go off in the annals of one season wonders that don't really do anything but it managed to have enough fan push and enough interest to form a movie um yeah the fans really got behind this and said hey we want more yeah there was a, lot a of conclusion to all of this because that's kind of something we've been saying through our entire uh, review of the series that uh, there's a lot of storylines that don't really get closed mm. and, and uh, you would think in a movie like this there'd be a lot of awkward endings a lot of you know quick ends to some of these situations and I guess there kind of is but for the most part they, they close the stories out quite well and in some pretty sad ways some of them well, it was interesting, like, uh, I was reading that Joss Whedon, uh, the original plans, if they were going to do a season two, thank you, Fox, was that pretty much by the end of season two, they would have stumbled across the planet Miranda. Now, for those of you who have seen the movie, will know what we're talking about with Miranda. We will cover Miranda later on. Um, but so what it basically means is season two would have finished towards the end of this movie potentially the full movie would have been the finale so to speak of season two but that's sort of what the timeline would have been what they would have been building to um so it's good that really joss whedon i mean he had to take what was a 14 episode uh season and cram it into an hour and a half two hours and allow for a lot more of a mainstream audience to try and make sense of it as well but it is good to sort of know that well the pathway that this series was going to take still gets taken with Firefly and Serenity. They didn't have to change up too much of the concepts that they had. Yeah, the sky still gets taken. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was interesting that Universal took this on, not Fox, which is part of the reason why it got named Serenity, because uh, Fox kind of owned the rights to calling it Firefly itself. So they had to name it Serenity, which makes perfect sense. It just makes the pilot episode kind of confusing when you're talking about the pilot Serenity versus the movie Serenity and the ship Serenity. And the Battle of Serenity. Yes. Which is what the ship is named after, which is what the movie is 
No, there's a lot of serenity. Yeah. It's just very peaceful. Uh, but the important thing is that Universal <laughs> took it on. Uh, this is Joss Whedon's first effort at directing a major motion picture. And for all of the fan interest and the fan hype, and also the critical acclaim that it was getting before release, like there were a lot of people saying this is a good movie. Um, it only did, and I'll, I've got a couple of numbers here. It's, I've read conflicting reports. It earned between 38 and $40 million at the box office, and that's worldwide. So if you're sort of comparing it to the average sort of movie that comes out now that you would consider a success and sort of a big budget thing, to not even do $50 million is very low. It is. It literally only just kind of made the money that was poured into it back, and that's not, yeah, no one's making a profit in that kind of concept. So for all of kind of the fanfare and the hope that this would relaunch the series, it really kind of proved, unfortunately, that as good as it is, it just didn't have the legs to kind of push into anything more than it was. But it kind of mirrored the series in that, mm. that uh, it didn't do on its release the critical acclaim that it probably deserved. But then, yeah, on its take-home take versions and uh, and whatnot, there's a lot of re-watching of this series. Yeah. And it's quite highly regarded. And that's the thing, like, the movie wasn't considered a disappointment, like, as the content, that what was released. Most people are like, yeah, this is a good movie. It's just, you know, when you're trying to base something off of a television series that didn't have a massive fan base, then trying to market that as something that people are going to go to is kind of tough. And we're even talking when we were watching Serenity in preparation for this, how this would have done if it was just a sci-fi movie and had no connection to the television series, didn't have its initial fan base, and they maybe tried to market it as something original as opposed to a continuation of yeah, the story. Yeah, I actually, I nearly did that by complete accident yeah. uh, back in the days of blockbuster video before I saw the series, uh, and I didn't really know what it was. And what it was, I picked up three movies, a couple overnighters, and uh, Serenity was a three-night three, three release. And I just kind of ran out of time. I forgot to watch it. So uh, that kind of would have been really interesting. I would have had that yeah. original kind of point Cause, of Because it is interesting to try and watch this from the eyes of someone who's never seen the series. And like Mal, Anara, Kaylee, Wash, Zoe, all these characters are new to them. And how like much in the way Pilot needs to establish these characters, this movie had to do the same thing. Because if you're going to release a movie purely for the fans, then you can, you know, just go on as per usual but you can't do that with this kind of movie you need to try and bring in new fans and it needs to make sense for them as just a complete package yeah, and for the most part they did a fairly good job of uh, introducing the characters mm. um, um, except for probably book and I mean we've got a few issues which we'll get to when they get introduced yeah. but uh, that actually brings us to the opening scene of this movie mm. uh, because the opening scene is our introduction to Simon and to River um, so we start off with a little girl sitting in a classroom and she's being taught basically outdoor. And it's quite a nice scene, uh, lit quite brightly. Yeah. It uh, kind of looks summery, uh, flowers and stuff, uh, maybe spring. Summery. Yeah, funny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually mean that one. But uh, yeah, it's, it seems like it's such a lovely scene to start with. And I'd like to learn there. Like, I feel yeah. like that'd be a nice sort of... Kind of outdoors and a bit of a gazebo over the top mm. of them. And they all have... Uh, we, we get to see that, that space kind of sci-fi uh, introduction here with the, the pads. I've kind of got just little iPads in front yeah. of them. So, yeah, we get a little bit of that technology there. And yeah, it's a nice little scene. And uh, eventually the teacher walks down to the back of the class. And we have a little girl sitting there who... We both had a little bit of confusion because uh, she's referred to as River. And she does kind of look like River. And she does kind of look like River, but yeah. she's not the same actress that we had earlier in the season, um, which isn't too confusing because they very well may have just recast her. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, that wouldn't be the first time something like that's ever yeah, happened. Uh, it could be centred around different ages, so they had to recast in that respect exactly, as well. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, she comes up and long story short, she suddenly has like a, it's kind of a jump scare to mm. what's actually happening. We realize this is just kind of a memory uh, in River's head of, of this event, yeah. which is very important. And the whole movie is centralized around. So we get a lot of flashbacks to this scene. Uh, and it does eventually explain wh- what's going on with River, so it is very important. Yeah, we get a flashback. She's tied down in a chair, kind of a, a government facility. There's nodes and electrodes and all these things sticking out of her, and she's screaming, and she's not enjoying herself at all. Um, we've got a couple guys overlooking, and there's a very official-looking guy there, and he's asking questions about River, about you know her psychic abilities, and saying, oh, she seems in pain. And we, as a, a viewer before the series, will recognise this this person. Mm. It's Simon. Yeah. Um, but as we were saying, to a new audience, they wouldn't know who that is. They would know that that is River's brother. However, it is very quickly yeah. told to us. That uh, it's it not held off for too long. And I mean, there's a couple of things Simon says that uh, Simon says that kind of gives away. Okay, he's not. Just he knows there. her from the past. Yeah. He knows what she likes to do, and they're like, "Well, why would you know that?" And that's done quite well, I think. It you know doesn't lead the new viewers on too long and kind of you know surprises them unnecessarily. It's just a good little build. And like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, I actually really like the segues in this movie. Uh, their transitions are brilliant, and that was the first one where we had that that mm. jump from. Yeah, you know, she's in the exact same position that she was sitting in in the memory yeah. to how she's in this. Um, yeah, we have, we have a lot of those really good. And I think I'm trying, try and mention those as we go. Yeah, well, I mean, just in general, like you can tell this one was shot differently compared to the series. There's a real jump from a cinematic sort of flair of photography versus just your typical television series. Yeah, well, when we're seeing uh, Serenity, we, we were saying this while watching, we get, you get different angles. Mm. So through the season, we've gotten the angles of, of the ship. You know, every time they kind of shoot in the gallery, it's always from the same kind of angles. This one, we get a bunch of new angles. We see Serenity from a whole new perspective. Yeah. And kind of the colours seem more vibrant in it. Uh, so, yeah, you get a, a big difference. Between yeah, them. and the lighting as well was probably the first thing I noticed, more so than just the camera angles, but it is a very dark at times. Like It's very dark inside the ship to kind of match the tones that's going on, you know, narrative-wise. gets light at times, but it just, yeah, it looks very different. Like, if you jump straight from the television series to the movie, you kind of take a step back and go, oh, wow, this is completely different yeah. uh, visually in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, in, yeah, in that opening scene, uh, we've got, yeah, they're trying to escape. And it's a, basically, you can, you can imagine what this is. You know, everyone's going after them and they smash through a window and they're waiting there. And as lasers are kind of coming up this tube at them, so they're in very imminent danger, which is what we've, we've got here. And then a kind of a swing drops down from, uh, through a glass ceiling and they jump on that. And then the scene just pauses and we find out that uh, it's a hologram. It's actually not that event. You know, we, we've once again just had two very quick transitions of, no, that's not what's happening. That's all in the past. Uh, and we kind of have the antagonist we were speaking of before. He walks through the image and we get kind of River's face and then he moulds through and walks through and uh, a bunch of other guys walk in and they say, what are you doing in here watching this hologram? And he gives them, you know, puts his hand on a, on a thing, gives them identification and uh, they say, oh, he's an agent of the parliament. Uh, he's working for the agency, uh, sorry, for the alliance. And he doesn't have any rank or name uh, and he just refers to he just responds to this by saying i'm much like this facility i require neither uh and uh, another one of his that i do like very much at this point uh of his is where he says uh secrets are not my business uh, keeping them is yeah that, that's a brilliant line and right there uh, this is something that firefly and Serenity does really well it's encapsulating its characters in a single kind of line that they state and for me the operative uh this is the, that line yeah straight away you get so much uh, insight into what he's thinking how he acts what he no purpose is really 
And right there, like you, you hardly need to know much more about what you're getting from him to know, okay, this is what these guys are going to be dealing with in the movie. Yeah, that's um, what it's about. And that's something Whedon has done brilliantly. And i got to commend him on it because it's very difficult to encapsulate that in a single line. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, look, this whole sort of escape, I guess escape, how it leads into from... you got about three different sort of flashbacks here, really. You go from the, the, the footage of the school in Miranda, jumping into... Uh, River being tortured, jumping into the operative sort of doing his thing. It's quite a fascinating sort of couple of jumps in before we even get to the current time with our lead protagonist, which sort of comes just after this event. Um, and full credit again to whoever was sort of directing this aspect. I'm not sure whether Whedon was full on behind this or whether just the editing crew, but it is a fantastic about 10, 15 minutes, this whole intro where you get introduced to everyone and eventually it goes on to the Serenity. It's just really well edited and I think really sets the scene for the quality of this movie as a whole and it what does. you're going to be getting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is a very, it's a high quality movie, mm. which is good. You know, it doesn't seem like a bunch of people have got together and gone, all right, let's make a Firefly movie because people want it, you know. They've really put some money behind it, um, which we get to see a little bit later on in, in one of the space fighting scenes, which is something we didn't really get to see any space battles in yeah. in Firefly, the series. Um, we see a few, but nothing as extensive as we get later on in this. And the effects blow you away for the most part through this entire thing, and they still hold up today. Yeah, especially when you compare it to other movies that came out around the same time, which yeah. was relying on uh, sci-fi special effects. Star Wars, like the prequels, their special effects so often don't hold up. Mm. Um, even compared to the originals back in the 70s and 80s but yeah you compare it to Serenity and the amount of money that's been put in differently um, it's incredible what they actually got out of it yeah I agree um, and so continuing on one of the things I really like about how this movie approaches introductions for new viewers is the opening scene where you get all the protagonists and it's it's made to look like a one shot it's actually two shots you kind of see they sort of cut into a dark period before they keep moving on that's where they would have cut the two scenes together but this sort of one shot introducing you to all of the characters who are on the ship serenity um, and giving you little sort of bites about their personality but also in the same time giving you a tour of the ship you sort of see how Serenity's the 10th character show and this really introduces you into uh, giving you an idea of what Serenity's layout is because if you're a fan of the series you've watched it completely through you get that like you know you, you know what leads into what the new viewers they don't but straight away you're introduced to what you need to know about the ship and the characters and I mean again brilliant work in sort of establishing this it takes a couple of minutes it's a great shot but I as someone who can appreciate what new viewers might be going through to try and understand what's going on it does it perfectly it does uh, yeah we were saying that uh, yeah th what this would be like to new viewers and we also said yeah that Serene is the 10th character so we did need to introduce her in this way mm. and uh, yeah it's very effective yeah um, and, and you said all of the protagonists are on this ship uh, there are a couple that aren't on the ship at this in this opening scene mm. uh, so for those of you who have been following, uh, Shepard Book isn't on the ship and it doesn't get explained at this point why. Uh, and Anara is also not on the ship. Um, this very quickly does get explained why, um, but after watching the series, we, we kind of are in a position where we know that she was looking at leaving anyway. Yeah, I mean, she announced at the end of Particle, she's leaving, she's you know, departing from the ship. She's still around in objects in space, but it can kind of be hand-waved yeah, away. She was stuck there. She was waiting to get off at the next port of call. Yeah, and, and at the start of Objects in Space, which is the season finale, we do get a mention again of her saying that she hasn't told the crew about it yet. Yeah. So she is still planning on leaving during mm. that episode. Uh, so yeah. Although, in, interestingly, and I hate to diverge too much off topic again, um, but because the way it was originally shown, um, Objects in Space was actually aired before Heart of Gold ever did. 
And so what they had to do was they did actually change the lines there for the original broadcast that then got changed back into the proper one when it was released later on and the proper order was established. So um, enough example of thank you, Foxing, at its finest. So they literally had to change the script just for the one airing. Yeah, which they would have had to do if, you know, they kept it going like they should have. Yeah, but or, yeah, we're about yeah, halfway. In, we're about halfway into our podcast and we haven't gotten past the opening scene. Yeah. We should probably hurry up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're, we're passionate about the topic. We're not quite halfway, we're, we're under 20. We're, we're passionate about the topic. I, I mean, we sort of get introduced to all the characters here. I guess the, the biggest thing I noticed, and this is across the board with this movie in particular, uh, Malcolm Reynolds' character is quite, not diff, it's not different, but you can see it gradually changing throughout this. I mean, he starts off fairly jovial and they're joking with Wash on the ship that they're all going to die and they're going to crash the ship and whatnot. But straight off the bat when he's talking with Simon, you kind of get the picture he's at the end of his rope. Um, yeah. You know, he's not taking too much crap from Simon. He wants River to contribute. And it's just a, a sort of a downhill plummet for him throughout this epi- throughout this movie, um, going from you know frustrated to just focused and intense and some a side of him we've not seen properly yet in no. the entire no, season. No, we've seen glimpses of him kind of putting the safety of the crew and mm. the task at hand above the happiness of yeah. his career. We saw this in Out of Gas where, you know, the Serenity had quite a serious issue um, with missing a part and we had flames and injuries and, and Mal really had to pull everyone together. We get that again. Uh, that was a glimpse, but yeah, like you said, in this one, we really get that side of him. Yeah, it uh, was a bold out. move too because, I mean, my favourite aspect of Malcolm Reynolds is when he's kind of in a happier mood and he's kind of quipping and making jokes. And that's kind of, I think, there's an easier character to sell to a new audience. So I, I get, like, from a narrative perspective, it makes sense for Mal to be in this situation, but I think it was quite a bold move because it could have easily backfired and people would be like, oh, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. And I mean, he is, and it is necessary, um, but it's harder to get in, you know, invested in him as a character if this is your first introduction to him compared to the more you know, happy-go-lucky, just doing his thing to you know, float around being independent. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's a lot harder to get behind him in, in this one. Hmm. I'll tell you a character who's not hard to get behind in this uh, movie, though, is River. Um, this yeah. is very much we were talking about how in the mo- uh, the episodes there's always a couple of characters that kind of get shine uh, this is almost like Mao's obviously the main character River is second yeah um, and, and as you said we, we see a different side of River mm. the same as we saw a different side of Mao in that like through the entire season uh, River's every now and again she says kind of, some kind of weird things but she seems okay with it really yeah. uh, she can, seems quite innocent a lot of the time and uh, yeah I mean yeah, she say, says weird things when she just says it you know, in a, in a very plain way. Uh, this is the first time we kind of see these visions start to, to get to her in this movie, uh, mm. which, you know, after she kind of gets reactivated later on and some of these memories of what actually happened to her come back. And, yeah, she starts to break down a little bit with yeah. uh, with Simon by her side. Um, but I think we'll actually get to that scene now. Yeah, um, well, I think it's sort of, you know, we'll move on to that because it's sort of our first... Uh, it, it's what sets the plot really in motion. Yeah. Because, they're, you know, to set the scene... Uh, Mal and the crew are there to, you know, transfer some some money they've done on a heist, which was the introduction to all the characters. And by this stage, Simon River, they're saying that they've left the ship, they're leaving. Um, and so they, they end up in the same bar as well, which I kind of find convenient. Like, you've got a massive, you know, city, and 
how convenient. Um, but there's a little ad that starts playing on the television screen and Rivers uh, mesmerised by it. Like a little Japanese cartoony octopus it kind is of thing. full on Japanese. Yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon actually said in the, uh, the commentary that this was based off of the Simpsons episode uh, where they go to Japan um, because Homer's... Mr. Sparkle. Uh, yeah, Mr. Sparkle. So anyone who's seen the Simpsons episode know what we're talking about there. And like but the animators were doing this little uh, ad for him and he kept saying, I want it crazy, I want it crazy, I want it crazy. Which makes sense because if you've ever seen some of the Japanese advertising that's out there, it's very weird and not actually all that dissimilar to what we get in this little... Uh, no, no, it's scene. very, yeah, very, yeah, very similar. It feels like it was just sort of being ripped. But anyway, this particular ad contains subliminal messaging and we see uh, River just kind of looking at it and she just sort of says, Miranda, to completely from just weird, kooky, psychic mind reader to weird, kooky, psychic mind reader who will whoop your butt. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we. this is once again, like I said, we had glimpses of some of Mal's uh, personality. We, we got a glimpse of this one in War Stories mm. uh, where River kind of, she comes out, she looks to see where a few guys are. She says, I can't look. And she just shoots them all without even looking and uh, it's dominant, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it, and very scary as to how she just kind of pulled that out of nowhere. We get that, but on a much bigger scene in a massive bar fight, uh, which starts off with her just using her feet. Mm. Uh, she just kicks and... As a, as a dancer, uh, it's quite graceful in a way. Uh, she does one kick where it, I refer to it as a scorpion kick. Yeah. Kind of the legs bent like a scorpion tail and it goes up behind her and it kicks a guy that's actually standing behind her and grabbed her. Um, and we see a lot of this and eventually she does start to use her hands, but for the most part it is, it's a very stylized uh, way of fighting, which, mm. I, which I really enjoyed because it was instantly like, that is River's fighting style. Yeah, uh, and, and you buy it for her kind of character because she's very petite, so she's not going to just out-muscle anyone. It was very, you know, it's fluid, it's graceful. You can see she's had that dancing background. Coupled with, I think she said, that, uh, three months of intense sort of training prior to the principal photography of the movie, she's gone into to prepare for that. And, and it shows not only in her fighting style, but also the choreography of it as well. I mean, anyone who reads One Up Culture knows I'm a sucker for a good fight scene. And sort of getting gaining character and insight through that. And this does a really great job of that as well. It really establishes River as who she is, what kind of fighter she is, and it's just fun to watch as well. It's well choreographed. It is really well choreographed. Yeah. And um, it, you, know, you may be wondering, like, why is everyone not shooting? Because you know, up to this point, we've had a lot of people getting shot. Uh, and, it, and when you enter this bar, we saw them all kind of dumping their weapons yeah. in a, a, like a locker. Uh, and, and this is how the, the fight scene ends. Uh, eventually, Mal makes his way over the locker and gets his gun. Uh, and River does a nice little turn around, and on the way around, she grabs a gun, and they're just pointing at each other. Hmm. And we're thinking, oh no, someone's going to get shot. Simon walks in, and uh, do you actually have the line that he I, I says? I do actually have the line, because I was prepared that we were going to have to maybe say it. Yeah. Uh, let me just find where I've got it specifically. Eta Karam Nashmeh. Now, if River was listening, she would have dropped. Yeah, pretty much. she uh, just yeah. kind of falls asleep, just passes yeah. out straight away. Um, that's actually Russian, did you know that? I did not know that. I was yeah, going to ask if you knew the origin. Yeah, it's actually uh, Russian that he speaks, and what it means is that's laughter for chickens. Well, now that I know that it's Russian, that actually kind of adds a little bit more because the Russians were the ones with the sleeper cell uh, yeah. agents in America and also you know, the other way around. Um, but we've also had this whole alliance being a, a base of the Chinese and the Americans. And now it kind of seems like maybe it was the Chinese, the Americans and the Russians yeah. that have kind of 
corrugated together and made this alliance. Uh, so, yeah, that's very interesting, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, because when, when you first listen to it, you probably kind of think, oh, it's probably Mandarin because that's the other language they speak. Even though it doesn't really sound like it's Mandarin, you just been watching Firefly Serenity, it's like, oh, yeah, it's American and Chinese. They sort of jump back and forth here and there. But it's, I do actually like that it's Russian. It has that real kind of succinct sound to it. It's like, oh, yeah, and now she's down. She drops, yeah. yeah. So the crew kind of scoop her up, take her back on the ship uh, onto Serenity, and we see her being locked in kind of a cell. Uh, and Simon wants to go see her, and Mal stops her, like, no, you've got some explaining to do, you know, what What on earth was that? Or what on new earth, whatever. Uh, you know, what, what is going on? How did you know that that phrase? You know, what was all of this? And he kind of reveals that he knows a little bit more than he had been letting on, and that uh, you know, he's, he honestly doesn't know what they did to her brain, but he does know that that uh, phrase to put her yeah. to sleep. And, yeah, eventually we, we're going to get... This is where we see River break down uh, eventually... Mal does allow Simon to go and talk to River and, and while he's doing that the rest of the crew are talking to a friend of theirs uh, who's called Mr. Universe he's kind of just what like what a name yeah he's just kind of like super hacker he lives in a, a big digital cloud on a planet inside that and, he has a uh, sex spot for a while yes like... and, uh, and he says you know, his line that kind of encompasses him he, he kind of says you know like everything goes somewhere mm. um, you know every signal has to go somewhere and, and he is into all of the signals so um, yeah, basically he's just super hacker who knows everything and he hacks in and finds out about this subliminal message yeah. uh, and he finds out that someone else has actually hacked into that feed before and that uh, there's no news about this fight or anything. It's kind of being kept under under wraps. Um, and yeah, so this is when they find out this subliminal message and we see River kind of breaking down and, and saying that these memories aren't her memories, mm. um, which is... The, the opening scene we saw, she's referring to those memories. And it took me so long to actually make the connection that those scenes there weren't actually River, but they were the memories of someone else that's just kind of found their way into River's mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, part of that is intentional. Like, they call the girl River. Um, she does kind of look like she could be River. I think even some of our partially voiced some of her lines as well uh, to kind of give that illusion. But I think it probably took me about five times to actually make the connection. Like, oh... That's what they mean. And it's yeah. only made a lot more sense because, yeah, otherwise it's, it is a little confusing. Yeah, um, and that line Especially does... when you know the history of River um, for her to be on Miranda and when you know about Miranda. But yeah, it's a, it's a light bulb. Yeah, it's moment. another one of those lines that we have a lot with River where if you know what she's talking about, it makes perfect sense. Mm. She's very enlightened. If you don't, it just seems like craziness. Like yeah. What, what on earth? She's losing it. But uh, yeah, the, the memories are not hers. She's kind of tapping into... To knowledge that isn't her own and we find out that this is actually the knowledge that the alliance are afraid that she knows and that's why they're chasing her down and it's sort of after this moment about the next 20 to 30 minutes we kind of get reintroduced in uh, to anara and shepherd book now those of you who have been following the series before the movie you'll know all about them our new fans like they've been given glimpses into anara through yeah, her time on the ship kaylee making a couple of comments and kind of slapping mal around with uh, some verbal sparring book doesn't really get much of a call at all and no. this is when we were sort of talking about some characters not getting the best of reintroductions i think book is probably the the, the shining example of this um if you don't really know the character and i mean i'm speaking for someone who does but my impression watching this is you wouldn't know that much what well, you see it's like what is actually his purpose here what's his relationship with the characters it's kind of alluded to that he was on the ship but it's not really full-on confirmed. You're kind of left to kind of piece bits and pieces together, really, with this, which 
works okay, but I think compared to the writing across the board, this is probably a weak element of this story. It does make the next scene with Book kind of useless. Like, yeah. we don't get the emotions that we should have been getting at that in that next scene, which we'll get to. Um, well, because we, we don't really say it now, oh, Book dies. Yeah. Um, okay. we'll, we'll focus on Book for the moment. He so dies. The next time they go he back... Dead. Yeah. The next time they go to see Book on this planet, uh, where he's kind of got a bit of a colony happening. Yeah, uh, it's called Haven. It's like, it looks like an interesting little area. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just wrecked. There's yeah. a fire and, and whatnot. And, and a ship, an alliance ship has come. And before this uh, point, uh, Mal has had a bit of a face-off with our uh, operative and you know, been given the chance, you know, pass over river, everything will be fine, you know, whatever. And Mal says no. Uh, yeah. and As Mal's want to do. Yeah, as Mal's tend to do. And uh, he, so they go back to Haven and they find that it's been attacked and that uh, we find Book's dead. Yeah. Uh, which, as I was saying, it doesn't have the same kind of impact as it, as it would have had we actually cared about Book. I mean, that, that's going to be across we the did, board with all the characters. As, yeah. um, but this one especially kind of feels like, you watch it as like, oh yeah, yeah, he, he's dead. Like, you kind of feel like he's almost reintroducing the story to die. Like, they easily could have not included him if it wasn't for the fact he was one of the core members. Um, and it's, it's a nice little scene, um, and it does work well, and it establishes the next part of Mao's sort of story quite well in that respect. As well. I just wanted to say we do get because uh, this is a very important part to book, um, which through the series is super important. And as we said, he doesn't get a lot in the movie. But one other thing we do see with book is uh, his proficiency in fighting. Uh, he he actually says that he was the one who took down the ship. It's blown up, and when they get there, everyone's dead but book. Yeah. So we still get that that he's a warrior, um, and we still having those questions as to why is this shepherd so good at fighting? Yeah, I, I mean, for those who have followed the series, it, it adds to the mystique of shepherd. Yeah, we, um, we brought up a shepherd's tale a few times through our review of the, mm. of the series, and I, I would definitely suggest going out and checking that one. For sure. Because um, it's a very good story. I, I mean, most it. of those Dark Horse uh, comics surrounding Firefly, they're good, not necessarily great. Uh, Leaves on the Wind is the best one, which has come recently. It's got far better artwork. I think the story is a bit more cohesive as well. But especially Shepard's Tale, more than any of the others, piece together what I consider to be essential story information. Mm. It's such an important character that doesn't really get explained. Shepard's Tale helps to alleviate some of those sort of questions and what was going on with him. So I would almost classify it as recommended reading. It depends how much you like reading comics as opposed to watching movies and stuff. But it is very good. Um, yeah, I mean, if you were to just watch the season and the movie, you get it all, you know, yeah. um, this is this is extended universe kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't get the answers, but, like, it's an interesting question to play. Yeah, and, and you finish it, you kind of want to know, so you, you, you seek it out pretty yeah. much anyways. Um, before we go on the next part, we will briefly also mention Anara, who gets a bit more focus in this story compared to uh, Shepard, which makes sense given her relationship with Mal. It's kind of teased on a bit more again, like they're talking over a wave and the rest of the crew are listening in. And um, Mal kind of says it's a trap. that, that yeah. it, They're being led into a trap simply because they didn't fight while yeah. I were talking. He, he also uh, says that Kaylee wanted to see her. Yeah. And then it goes to the crew and Kaylee's sitting there like, ah, oh, come on, because you know, everyone knows it's Mal. Mal wants to see her. Yeah. They've yeah. got this uh, unspoken love going on. In, in, the, in the scene where he goes to see her, it gets quite, quite a lot of focus in that scene of the uh, kind of tension between those yeah. two. I, I do think uh, Anara's character, who is still essentially a side character in this movie, um, I think she's handled pretty well. Yeah. You get enough there for a new viewer to kind of know what's going on. It's very obvious for a new viewer that there's something between Mal and Anara that you know, maybe hasn't been resolved in that respect. 
Um, and just her little moments, like she gets some great lines, like this is an incense, as you know, it's basically a flashbang grenade that blows up, and that's kind of how they escape because yeah. you know Mal's just fighting him. And, yeah, and we and we also get to see him. Mal just picks out a gun and shoots him. You know, halfway through a little speech. That that was a, a that was another perfect like if you're talking about moments in capture like characters, yeah. it's that. And yeah, you know, the, the operative sort of talking, giving his little heroic speech, explaining why he's right and they're wrong. And while he's talking, it's just like, and I am I am unarmed. And Mal's like, good, bang, pulls out the gun, shoots him. Uh, but of course he was wearing body armor because he's of course I am stupid. wearing full body armor because I am not an idiot. Yeah, that that little sort of back and forth between them is fantastic. I love that both characters are you know Chitwell and uh, Nathan Fillion just pull that off perfectly. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it was it was a very very good scene, and and that was where uh, Malcolm kind of got warned to give us River or is it? Yeah. And um, then they kind of have a bit of a question as to why they sent one ship to Haven, mm. and this is the point when they realize well, Zoe realizes actually that they didn't just go to Haven. Yeah, uh, they didn't know they were going to be at Haven. That was Yeah, and uh, they sent they sent the Alliance, went to every known place that yeah. uh, that the, the Firefly, the Serenity cast. So all of those big characters you liked in the series are dead. Yeah. yeah. Badger, gone. Dead, yeah. Uh, Niska. Yeah, it would be interesting with well, they yeah, like, yeah, actually, if they got him, that'd be it. But, like, but Monty, he's, yep, he's gone. Uh, Whitefall, blown up. Um, I never thought of this. How many characters probably died in that scene? Yeah, but it really reveals, A, the extent that the operative's willing to go to bring these two yeah, to justice. He, he shows, literally says, just leave no ground for your, your enemy to yeah, go to. It shows the extent of the hill that they've got to climb to survive this. And it's sort of at this moment, uh, coupled with uh, Book's death, that transforms Mal from a pissed off guy into the soldier mode. Did he warn, like, if you see me... Make, if this turns into a war, you're going to see a side of me you've never seen before. And we get that straight away. We do. And um, it's very unnerving, even as a viewer. Like, I couldn't, you know, obviously the characters are unnerved by this sudden shift. But watching it as just a fan, I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And um, we've got a little bit earlier on, which leads to the next scene on Haven, where River kind of breaks out of, uh, of containment. And uh, the first thing she does is, like, she kind of hides from the crew they all look in, in where she yeah. was she's not there everyone leaves except Simon and she kind of pops out you know opens the door and she punches him in the throat kicks him in the chest like yeah. straight away well yeah she didn't want the words being stabbed yeah, she didn't want him to put it to sleep yeah. and uh, to which he later on says you could have just asked <laughs> uh, so that was that was kind of a nice one um, and yeah she gets into the the cockpit we get another little standoff with Malcolm and and uh, River and he says well yeah, you may as well just shoot me and she cocks the gun and he kind of freaks out and what she's doing is look, putting in co- coordinates to Miranda, which yeah. is uh, the, the it's a planet we find out at this point. Uh, it's the place that she said when she first started, and this is where we kind of get the kind of connection that what has reminded her of Miranda uh, and possibly backfired on the Alliance was the very information that they're chasing her down to try and make sure it doesn't get out. Yeah. By activating her there, that's actually what triggered her memory of mm-hmm. Miranda. She looked at it, uh, and the crew looks at it and they said like looks at Miranda and they say, oh. You know, it looks like it's a failed terraforming project. You know, it's no one's it's out off there. the map. No one really knows about it. It's sort of been yeah. wiped from the history books and you yeah. kind of... Like, and no one goes there uh, for a very good reason that we yeah. now find out uh, that between uh, Haven and we assume most of you know, space and Miranda, 
is a band of Reavers. And, and we've gone over the Reavers uh, earlier on through the series, but th- this is where we get to see them and we really get to see yeah. how vicious they are. And we see it in the intro. And again, new new fans have kind of introduced them to them and just how dangerous they are by how everyone reacts when Reavers sort of come into play. And old fans sort of get to see them in action for the first time, really. And yeah. yeah, you kind of know, okay, this is a big deal. And it's not just any sort of band of Reavers it kind of feels like that's where they're sort of basing themselves out of and that's like the biggest stretch of Reaver territory that's kind of known. So everyone's like, no, no, we're not, we're not yeah. going there, we're not going there. And Mal in this kind of state, you know, turning into a soldier, so we're getting there. Somewhere or another, we're getting there. And so he basically defaces Serenity. Yeah, um, he tells uh, Zoe and, and the other crew that they need to, you know, string up five of the bodies together, put them on the front of Serenity. Uh, tells, I think, Jane that he needs to help get the... There's a cannon. Yeah. And they just chunkily chuck that on the on the top. Yeah. Kaylee has to mess with their core so that they're leaving uh, some, you know, gener- their, their uh, core. But enough that they're not going to actually die, you know. Yeah. Kind of break the containment a little bit so it looks like they're, they're flying around in, in a reaver ship. Yeah. And he says he needs to find lots of red paint. Yeah, and you sort of see Serenity afterwards and it is very ugly. Um, and, and this is what we were saying with... Um, you know, Serenity being a 10th character, this is Serenity's mission. This mm. is the first time we really get... Serenity gets in disguise and goes on a mission. And, uh, yeah, so they start flying through Reaver territory and it kind of goes okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very nervous and they go past a big ship that shines like a spotlight in them and follows them along, so everyone's kind of freaking out. Mm. But luckily, they don't actually get, you know, attacked yeah. at this point. And so they, they then land on Miranda. And, I mean, we're, again, we're watching the movie together... Uh, in preparation for this podcast and we kind of have a bit of a discussion about how this really feels like when they're at this here it sort of establishes how original this kind of story is compared to your typical cliche stories that you kind of got throughout the season like we talked about uh, last time in Heart of Gold how that is kind of ripped off the original Magnificent Seven and all those kind of story arcs we've talked about Ariel being uh, you know kind of that typical heist movie um, our Mrs. Randall was kind of being very much that romantic comedy a lot of western themes in other episodes and, but the, the overall story here in Serenity is actually quite unique in, in comparison. I mean, obviously there are other stories you can kind of draw comparisons to, but I, I really like how this feels like its own thing and not really comparable to a lot of other things. And I think Miranda really, the, the planet really helps to establish that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, when we get there, it kind of seems very clean. Like they were a very uh, advanced kind of civilization. Yeah. And so we see that there were people on this planet actually um and as they're flying in you know they trace it and they're like oh it looks like the air is breathable it looks like terraforming worked you know that there should be people here and there's only one kind of electrical signal coming off so that's where they land um near, near that electrical signal and uh, so they're walking around and uh basically everyone's dead is just the easiest way to put this and uh kaylee bumps into a window and we see kind of an office building full of people that uh, are just dead and simon being the doctor looks at them and says you know there's no unusual discoloration uh, you know, they're, they're all kind of still intact. No one's been, you know, attacked or anything. Um, and uh, so they're trying to figure out what's happened. And Mal says maybe it was gas, you know, because that, that would explain, you know, poisoning. And, and it's very odd. They all look like they just kind of lied down of their own accord. They didn't fall down. Yeah, you know, they were just kind of sitting in chairs. Yeah, there was no struggle at all. Um, and so everyone's kind of freaked out and they move on to, to onto the beacon, uh, which is kind of an alliance uh, base. Yeah, kind of, kind of, we think we don't really get a lot of information. Yeah, on this. it's not like explicitly shown, but you kind of feel like obviously it was uh, cut off from the rest of the planet because they're not affected by 
what ended up being the revelation, which is that they were pumping, you know, a certain chemical into the air to try and, you know, relax them and so they wouldn't be fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we find out at this point, that's where River's memory is. It was on Miranda. And while they're doing this, she starts to kind of freak out. Um, and she's saying, you know, there's so many people and they're not saying anything. It actually isn't that there are lots of voices. It's that there aren't. And we get another kind of flashback to that same scene from before, that kind of classroom scene. Uh, and we, this is where we get the connection that this is on Miranda. And uh, she just you know, gets sharp flashes of, of them as they are now. Same scene, but everyone's lying down and dead. Mm. So it's kind of freaky. And as she walks in, she automatically walks over to like a recording device. Yeah. And she you know, flicks that on and yeah, they start telling telling them about the, the air. Yeah, and, and basically what the revelation here, and this is kind of building up to an entire season's worth of information, is that the Reavers have come from this planet. And while 90% of the people uh, on Miranda died because they basically were too apathetic... They just gave up. Yeah, which is... It did stop aggression. It did stop war. Yeah, it worked too well, as she said. But uh, there was a side effect in 10% of the population, it did the exact opposite, and they turned into basically rage-filled monsters. I guess at this point you can kind of compare them to highly competent and articulate zombies. Um, Sort of looking at the 28 Days Later kind of zombies, which are just rage, as opposed to walking, you know, uh, zombified kind of things. Um, but yeah, you kind of get this revelation of you know, where the Reavers come from, and this is the material that uh, the crew of Serenity needed to kind of you know, get, their, get their own back on the Alliance who have been chasing them down literally to the ends of the galaxy, ends of the Verse, sorry. Yeah, and so here we have the great big secret. They've been trying to chase River down. The Alliance accidentally made the Reavers, and the Reavers are a massive problem now. So, And they're worried that River knew this information. Yeah. And uh, as she's kind of said before, ironically, by trying to capture her uh, and reactivating it, it reactivated that part of her memory, which led them to the information in the first place. If they didn't chase them so hard, this information may never have actually came out. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, they're returning. They're trying to get leave Miranda. They leave Miranda. Yeah. But they, they, you know, lure the Reavers in, because at this stage, they probably know they're in for a battle with yeah the well they've got a they have a destination yeah. when they're leaving uh, and that's back to mr universe they've mm. got this kind of recording and they're thinking right let's get it to him and he said every signal goes somewhere and he's going to send it everywhere so they contact him and he answers and says yeah don't no, look come on through you know the cloud might mess up your navigation equipment a little bit but you know once you get through you'll be all good and and we get a, a scene then and we realize that uh, the operative is there he's, yeah he's right behind who, by this point, I actually really liked Mr. Universe. I really liked him as a character. Yeah, it, to me, he was okay. Like, I mean, there was nothing about him that really made me go, I want to see more of him. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, he was only self-contained to this movie, I'm fine with. He serves his purpose, but... Yeah, and, and he has a lot of uh, lines and things that make you think that uh, he's got quite a lot of history with the cast. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of has a, a bit of an inside joke with, with Zoe saying, Cole, you stop flirting with me, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, I, I liked him for this. And yeah. obviously, he's vital to this movie. And then he dies. Yeah, he dies. Yeah. Um, With a sword. The operative kills him, um, which, again, you you obviously get the impression that the crew of Serenity kind of know he's dead, or at least that they're, you know, walking into a trap because they lure the Reavers in. Um, But it makes sense because, again, the operative has taken out every port of call. They know they've got connections to Mr. Universe, so it's logical that that next step would be trying to take him out. And I think, yeah, it was clear he also deduced what was going on by them going to Miranda and coming back. And it also makes sense that... uh when they did that first kind of wave of knocking out everyone that they knew that they may have missed Mr. Universe, you mm. know, because he's 
quite all about security and stuff. So, yeah, the fact that he wasn't already dead, like Book, uh, kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, it works quite well, because then, he, yeah, they, they go there and they're going to try and get this out to the universe. Yeah, and the next scene's really what you were talking about, where they had the money to throw, not throw around, but really the increased budget in Serenity compared to Firefly. Yeah, yeah. We get this extended space battle, basically, which, I mean, obviously Serenity doesn't have weapons um but yeah this particular she does scene, at this point she has a cannon on the top of her yeah yeah but they don't use it at any no. point i don't think uh it's used once to Is attract it? the reavers when oh, they're going through reaver space yeah. mal's there in the space suit he shoots one of the ships which kind of lures that's how they the chase yeah. yes um, but that's the only time it's used yeah um, yeah no um i mean and we've never seen a space battle with mm. serenity and, and we haven't really needed one up to this point because yeah she's a cargo she's a, a transport ship but yeah it was brilliant and uh so yeah we, we kind of see Serenity coming through the cloud first and uh, you know, all of the alliances standing, kind of standing. They're all floating in space in their ships and we can see quite how outnumbered Serenity is here uh, and you know they're locking on to Serenity and then all of a sudden other shapes start coming through and we see just massive amounts of Reaver ships following uh, and yeah, this is kind of the head-to-head we get between, not Serenity, but between the Reavers and the Alliance. And it's the first time we see the operatives sort of flustered as well because yeah. he's a, he sort of thinks they're arrogant for not changing course and then you see about 50 reaver ships coming into the scene and he's like shoot 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 fire something yeah he's kind of freaking out um, yeah. and this is sort of Wash's big moment because yeah. you've got this massive space battle and he's dodging and weaving and ducking and diving and you know, really showing off his skills as a pilot and it's kind of talking to himself while he's doing mm. so and we, we were saying everyone gets a quote that really encompasses their character Wash is probably somewhere in the season um, most likely some people juggle geese. I don't yeah. know. He's got, he's got so many that are great. But uh, in the movie, this is definitely his remember his you know, quote that, that everyone will remember. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, I am a leaf on the wind, watch how I saw. And he repeats it about ten times. Yeah, a I few times. Um, and and at one point he actually says, I am a leaf on the wind. Everyone looks at him and he's like, never mind. Like he, No one really gets yeah. why he's saying that. But it's kind of just to hype himself up. It is, really. it is. And it's uh, it's from an, an old poem. I can't say what happens when they land. So you he dies. To... <sighs> Wash dies. So Wash is saying his thing again. And a massive, like a spike, some kind of beam yeah. or something comes through the front window and through his chest. Yeah, basically he lands the ship. He knocks the Serenity around a bit, but it's landed. They all kind of take that big breath. It's like, and then he sort of goes to repeat the line, I'm a leaf on the wind, watch how... Yeah. And that's sort of the moment where he dies. It's, I think it's a... I think the Reavers actually shot... Yeah, the Reavers shot this sort of series of spikes and that's the one that lands and just goes straight to his chest. Um, and that's the moment when all of the Firefly flans suddenly kind of thought, Josh Whedon's a prick. Yep, because... Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, uh, we do get a change in Zoe here, though, um, mm. which... I really enjoyed the way that, that this was played because uh, obviously Wash was her, her husband. She's quite yeah. devastated at this point, but she's in a position where they can't really... And she's never been an emotional character. No, no, she hasn't. Um, and we still kind of don't see her emotional character and in not seeing her be emotional, we yeah. see how much emotion there is. And, and uh, this is full credit to Gina Torres as well and the acting here that she does is just phenomenal because uh, it would have been very easy for her to just play a stoic, emotionless person here. Mm. And it, people would have been like, yeah, no, that kind of worked. But you can tell like, she's holding back and she's focused on the mission, focused on surviving. But at the same time, she's trying not to break. Because yeah. she knows if she sort of allows herself that moment to think and sort of feel, 
she's gone and she's out of this spot. And her and Janet are really the only two there who know what they're doing. Yeah, and we actually we see Mal kind of come up to Zoe. Um, and obviously Mal's known Zoe a long time and mm. he's seen Zoe deal with death you know, through yeah. the war. And, and he actually asks her, you know, is she okay? And that's the first time we ever get kind of Mal worrying about you know, Zoe's feelings. Mm. So that kind of shows us that Mal realised just how devastated Zoe was. Yeah. Um, and, and she says, you know, eyes on the job, job first, sir. Um, and you know she doesn't yeah she doesn't really get it out until after all of this mm. goes down um, but yeah it was a very well played yeah um, and, and again for uh, everyone here does their job well as an actor and actress uh, but that particular scene really stood out to me in her performance because it is very subtle it's very nuanced it'd be easy to miss if you're not like looking for that kind of aspect yeah yeah and you, and you were saying that uh, that Zoe and Jane are the only two that are really kind of keeping it together yeah. and we see this in uh, the next scene where uh, Kaylee is uh Sorry, Kaylee and Jane and and uh, well, basically everyone who's not dead so far. Yeah. Everyone who's not dead so far is there, and uh, Mel splits off. He says, oh, "I'm going to take this uh, and I'm going to you know go get it up to you know, secret thing as a uh, as a uh, Mr. Universe's sex robot. Sorry, his, his romantic partner robot. Yeah. Uh, tells they got him, married, so yeah, it's all it's all, it's all legal. So yeah, I guess I don't know space law. Yeah. Anyway, he leaves a, he leaves a recorded message uh, on her, which is pretty funny actually yeah uh, kind of says you know stab me with a sword now how weird is that uh, and and he gives him instructions as to you know what he needs to do to get that message out to everyone yeah it was a really good idea from mr universe it's just a shame that the operative also managed to find out about it yeah it's a shame that it kept going and the operative yeah. walks in later on um and so that's kind of how we get our face off between the operative and mal over this kind of computer which Mr. Universe says is kind of hard to get to we find out it's pretty hard to get to yeah it, it's not it's it's the last mission boss kind of thing it is uh, yeah. so they're kind of climbing out over over to this kind of platform in the middle of nowhere and uh, yeah that, that's where we have the fight between uh, the operative and Mal yeah, this kind of ends this whole little fight ends they both get very it's very brutal it's mm. not like there's a clear winner at any point well really the operative would have won if it wasn't for an old war injury that Literally saved Mal from being paralysed. Yeah, um, yeah. The the operative tries to use kind of a pressure point thing, yeah. which, which we've, we've seen, seen him use. Earlier. Yeah, in the very first scene where he uh, allows a man to fall on his sword. Yeah. Um, literally holds the sword in front of the guy and waits for him to fall on it. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mal. Luckily, those that nerve cluster, you know, has kind of been moved a little, and uh, yeah, Mal doesn't get paralysed, and and as a result, we see him kind of shove the sword through the uh, back of uh, of the operative's clothes yeah, and, and just kind of pin him in place against a rail yeah. so that he's kind of facing the this holodeck the, the thing that uh, that Mao's going to project and he's forced to listen to the message that they're sort of broadcasting and this is kind of the key point because the operative all through this has kind of said as you mentioned in that sort of one of his first lines he doesn't care about secrets he just no, wants to keep it's them. not his place to know why he's being sent on this mission it's just his place to do the mission yeah and so he didn't know what was going on but he's trapped here he's forced to listen to what the alliance has done and you do get this impression that he's kind of like oh that's what they've done damn quite humbling yeah yeah i'm not just a bad guy i'm the evilest person in the world right now yeah and while that was going on the fight between mal and the operative uh, we also had the you know, rest of the crew holding off the reavers mm. and eventually kaylee has to she says look ever jump through these blast doors and she closes them and she says yeah. look 
I can close them, but I can't open them again. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's not going so well. Uh, uh, pretty much everyone's been injured in some way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we see River to the rescue here. She kind of jumps out and starts fighting them and they close the doors. And she kinda You don't see what goes on. And, and look, this is a really good moment because Book and Wash have been killed off, basically. At this point, we know... And Mr. Universe. Yeah. Although we didn't care about him, that we have got but, but, like, characters key died. characters, like mm. the crew, two of them have died. And Joshua's kind of established that like, anyone's life can be taken here. So when you, know, you see Jane getting shot or Simon kind of struggling to stay alive, you believe that one of them could, could die here. There could be another person to go. Yeah, so, so in the entire River's series we've had that. Anyone yeah. could get shot, anyone could get injured. All through the season we see pretty much, as we said, everyone got hurt except Wash. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, now, well, except for when he was getting tortured in war stories. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just, now... Just a little minor torture. In the movie, we've got... It's not that everyone, anyone could get hurt, because everyone gets hurt. Yeah. Now anyone could die, and it, and it gives a real sense of urgency to all of these scenes now. And so we get, yeah, the and you kind of sacrifices. Feel like, yeah, you feel like this is the sacrificial run that, you know, she's going to almost redeem herself by holding off the Reavers to her death. So that, yeah, the rest of the But then when the doors open, she's standing there in what can really only be called a badass pose. Yeah, it is a really, really cool pose. And we see this sort of fight scene. We see, like, the second fight scene for River here, and it's the same kind of, you know, flowing gymnastic move with some giant swords as well. Yeah, and there's an axe in one hand and a sword in the other, yeah. I think. And, again, if I can just speak from a fight choreography fan, um, I really love how this is filmed because the, it's actually mentioned that the photographer here who's sort of filming it is almost dancing and weaving through the, the crowd here because there's a lot of Reavers all coming at her and she's sort of bending them off in a circle and stuff and the cinematography here is just fantastically done um, very difficult kind of shot to pull off but they pull it off and then some yeah and uh, it's at this time that Malcolm comes back to the crew who are in the, the airlock comes back and uh, he I just want to mention this because it is very distracting we both definitely spoke about it uh, and as we said, you know, he's been beaten up quite a lot. He's got like a red line around his left eye, uh, yeah. around the, the iris of, of the eye. And it looks quite bloodshot, like he's had capillaries broken in his eye. Uh, it's very distracting. And you just keep looking yeah. at it like, it's oh, now the makeup crew and on this, but it's so unnerving. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so we've got that. And then the, these blast doors open and we've got the scene, as you were saying, of River standing there with the, the two weapons. Mm. And then the wall behind her kind of breaks down and we have light kind of stream through. Once again, a really nice shot. And it makes her look a little bit more badass. Yeah. Uh, and she just kind of turns her head. She doesn't even turn her whole body to look at them. She just turns her head towards them. And there's this awkward standoff where, you know, they're about to shoot her. And eventually we hear over like a PA, probably that all of the Alliance soldiers had little mm. uh, communicators, the, the operative. Uh, he says, you know, stand down. He's been sitting there watching this this thing. He knows why he's there. He knows what these people were trying to do and what he was trying to stop them from doing, which was get out the truth about And, and the, the truth is out there now through the Mr. Universe. Yeah, I mean, so there's no point. Kill, yeah, killing them, bringing that does nothing now. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is, again, a fun little fact around this scene is like when, the, when all the uh, soldiers put their guns down, uh, that wasn't actually in the script. That's actually footage of after they said cut. And, and so all the soldiers, soldiers like, they're, they're sort of acting all like tough, and uh, the director called cut, and they sort of put their guns down. And they ended up keeping that in the scene and including the uh, mention from the operative afterwards, which is actually just a cool little thing I yeah. found out while I was doing some research for this. Yeah, yeah, no, actually, I did, I did hear about it as mm. well. And uh, then I watched it with that kind of, and you can't tell. You no. can't tell that those it guys aren't in character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't tell those guys have all dropped character, and at the end of that, 
they're them they're not yep. the alliance so yeah. Uh, yeah no that did work really really well so, so we're pretty much at the end of the movie here uh, we get the funeral scene for Wash and Bishop not Bishop uh, <laughs> and uh, book yeah and I'm thinking of alien here yeah Bishop um, uh, and we get another one of those uh, which we've gotten through this entire thing the combination of the old and the new yeah. so we get a, a pretty traditional looking uh, headstone in the sense of it's made of like rock mm. standing there but on top of it is uh, like a little hologram of the person. So we see uh, an image of Wash sitting on top and he's obviously sitting in his pilot's chair and he's just looking back and he's smiling and we've got one of Book and one of Mr. Universe. Yeah. Uh, and we see Zoe come down and she's in a like, long white dress and she's you know, mourning, uh, which is also quite interesting because we don't see her in a dress. No. Uh, even when uh, it was required for someone to wear a dress and you know, wear a bonnet, Mal did and yeah. Zoe had to be in the back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not super important that she's wearing a dress, but it is kind of interesting that mm. she's wearing a dress. She's it's being, very, she's being a wife. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's being a wife. She's not being a warrior, yeah. um, which is obviously what she would be doing at her husband's funeral. Mm. Yeah, uh, the final sort of part of this movie, I, I do love it as kind of, you know, everyone's on the ship, they're leaving and whatnot, and Mal goes up and we kind of see that River's sort of becoming the new pilot. Um, and there's a nice little scene towards the end here where they're kind of talking and Mal goes to tell her about the most important part of being yeah, a pilot and he's like yeah but you already know what I'm going to say don't you because she's a mind reader and she's like yeah but I like when you say it and it's just a nice little touching moment and you get the feeling here that kind of like at the end of um, Objects in Space that River's sort of turned a corner and she's going to be a little bit better than what she was and it's just a really nice way to finish the movie and if you want to know how like loved this movie uh, this series is and how you know important it is to sort of the pop culture canon uh both firefly and serenity are currently on the international space station as permanent sort of entertainment for the the, the astronauts up there and considering how much effort and how much it costs to actually get anything up there um for those movies and for that to be up there is a big deal. Yeah, it's a massive deal. Yeah, and I, I love that. Like, exactly. you could be in space. You'd be, you know, beyond the Earth that you was. You could literally be an object in space watching objects in space. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully you're not watching out of gas, redoing the out of gas stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's sort of different episodes you'd rather watch in those circumstances. But I just think it's cool if anyone ever becomes an astronaut there on the ISS, they can watch this show. Yeah, um, yeah. As no, they should be able to. Yeah, and uh, and I think one more thing uh, through this entire review of the Firefly series, we've constantly been thanking Fox for cancelling one of the greatest shows. Yeah, and just up. generally screwing it up. Yeah, you know, not just cancelling it, but having no idea what to yeah. do with such a great property. Yeah, I mean, this is an award-winning show. That won awards for science fiction writing while it was being... And, yeah. yeah. But I think we would like to give it a legitimate thank you to Universal Studios because... Mm. We wouldn't have had this, uh, and, and they brought it back. So we as fans are very, very thankful of that. Thank you, Universe. Thank you, Universe. Yeah. So, I mean, that literally brings us to the end of everything to do with Firefly. We're not going to cover the comics. We're not going to cover the games or the, the board game that's out. We're not going to do that. It's been six episodes. This was quite a quite a good little series run, a uh, little review, and, and we will be planning on doing things like this in the future. Uh, but, you know, there will be... One week episodes, there'll be two week episodes, and every now and again we may have a, a running thing. But yeah, uh, we do like our what, themes. Yeah, depend depends what's coming out really. Yeah, if it's uh, worthy of a review, we'll give it one. So I mean, I guess we've got to sort of close up here, and you know, I guess what is it about Firefly as a whole that you find so endearing? The fact that we, you know, we literally whenever we're hanging out, it tends to be one of the things we go to to watch 
um, and you know the fact that you can rewatch it so often and has such an important place in well, both of our hearts, really. Yeah, and I'm kind of annoyed that you said re- it, you can rewatch it because that was going to be my answer. That's your answer. Uh, yeah, that this is such a rewatchable series, uh, and that you don't remember every little thing in the episode, so you can watch it again and get something that you may not have gotten out of it last time. And it's uh, it's really kind of the front runner for. Uh, a genre that I love, which yeah. is the space western, uh, and and it just makes perfect sense. You know, space, a new frontier, and western, which was discovering new land and, and new things. I mean, they they go so well together. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's the past and the future, so you probably wouldn't think so. And that's the other thing I like about this series is the combination of the past and the future, which I've mentioned quite a lot, and, yeah. and I, obviously listeners will know that I like this. But uh, the guns throughout Firefly, they look like normal guns but they sound like they're not normal guns, you know? And, and all of these little things where we've got that combination of the past, you know, Earth that was, and the current verse, the future of us, you know, flying around and, and whatnot. So yeah. I think I think those are the, my main two. Yeah, good answer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think for me personally, like, I look at this series and the thing that keeps bringing me back to it, I, I love the setting. Uh, yeah, it's executed so well across the board. For me, it's the characters. Like, there are so many characters here that are utterly memorable, whether it's little one-liners they say, whether it's their personality quirks or their traits. There's not any character here that I would change. Like, I look at some series, I'm like, I would have maybe given you less of a role or you more of a role. I think it's just everything about this works on such a great level. Yeah, they all kind of get an even role. Yeah, everyone gets their moments to shine. Everyone takes the back seat when it's necessary. Obviously, Malcolm Reynolds is the main character. That's logical. Um, but I don't feel like anyone here throughout the course of the series gets shafted in character development. No, the only person, has their only person who gets shafted is Book in the movie, really. And Wash, literally, in the movie. All right, we're leaving now because I have to shaft Trent for that. Yeah, you are... No, phrasing. not like that. Phrasing. Don't phrasing me. You are getting stabbed in the chest and you know it. Anyway, uh, so yes, I was very upset about Wash's death. So next week on One Up Culture Cast, Jeff will be running this on his own because apparently I'll be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to find out how I die and if I survive, uh, be sure to check out our Twitter on at One Up Culture. Uh, if I'm posting, I'm alive. If Jeff's posting, I'm dead. Um, next week's episode we'll be going over the full death of Trent we'll be going into depth into angles and weaponry that I used wonderful and providing I'm able to post up uh, of course every Monday on the WordPress site I'll be posting articles thank you very much Uh, my name is Trent my name is Jareth Uh, I guess this is the last time I'll be signing off but goodbye